This presentation is from Managing Design 2016, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. <laughs> All right, so... UX Australia. <laughs> Ollie and I were having beers up the front, but anyway... Oh, I'm sure. We've, yeah, yeah. We've, we've often had beers up the front at UX Australia. Um, sometimes I think I should be, like, grown up and a little bit professional and introduce people properly. It's Rod. Hi. Nathan. And they're going to talk. I was like, oops, I forgot what they're going to talk about. But the thing is, it's on <laughs> the screen behind me. I only ever summarise it so it goes on the audio recording. Um, so they can tell you what they're going to talk about. Yes. Can't you? That's yes. kind of the yes, point. Yes, of course we can. Yes. There we go, we can do this. I feel like I'm a little bit of like romper room just looking out and I can, I can see Stephen, I can see Ian, I can see Marla <laughs> and Ash. It's, it's great to be back. Familiar faces. It's been too long. Uh, great, so um, what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of the journey that we've been on at Isobar in terms of how we've been building up our practice, how we've grown and some of the lessons that we've, we've learned. We've tried to stick away from, I guess, some of the I guess, design management or design practice things we'd normally talk about and really maybe cut to the chase about the things that have actually really worked for us. I'm going to play the part of the old guy who's reminiscing. <laughs> about all the old times, and Nathan's going to be the young guy who looks after the kids and makes it real. <laughs> Get down. Get down. <laughs> okay. So, once upon a time. Um, so, back to around about uh, 2012, which is when uh, I joined then Visual Jazz, who became Isobar. Uh, our team really consisted of three BAs. All right? That's really where we started at. Now, we've got a team of 60 design thinkers. That's in three years' time. That's comprising around about 35 experienced designers, service designers, data analysts, market researchers, and our interaction designers as well. So that's a significant growth during that, that period of time that really reflects, I guess, the organizational transformation and the belief that we've been able to get in the business, um, as well as the, the talented work of the teams and, and how they managed to bring some great talent into the business. So. Uh, the other thing that's happened during that time, which has been fantastic to see, is through the work that we've done in Australia, we've really managed to have a global influence. So uh, only a year ago, there was, uh, well, a bit over a year ago, Isobar described itself globally as a modern communications agency. I hate that. <laughs> this makes me feel sick saying it, right? <laughs> but but, but a, as of, uh, as actually only two weeks ago, our global CEO came out and endorsed our position as a strategic design agency and said that the most important thing for our business moving forward as an end-to-end -end agency that does, uh, you know, a digital marketing that does massive development, that it's human-centered design and particularly embracing business design and service design as a way forward for our clients and for our business. So from humble beginnings three years ago in Australia of three BAs to 60 people in Australia specializing in that area, influencing our actual global positioning. Uh, it's been a lot of work, it's been a lot of fun, um, and uh, yeah, I'm really, really happy with where we've got to. Um, uh, uh, from time to time, I, I won't lie, uh, you have to be a little bit Frank Underwood in, in my role. Um, you do need to be thinking three steps ahead of, of where the current conversation is, and you do need to play the game. Uh, but, it, but it's really not uh, about the battles and, and the victories most of the time. Most of the time, what we've learned has actually uh, got us to where we are. It's actually about being excellent to each other. And that dominates everything, everything about being excellent to each other. So we'll be focusing a lot on that. So let's start off with where we started with some growing pains. Uh, don't shake your head at me, Stephen. <laughs> there we go. So... so 
So this is where we started. Uh, from Big Ideas, 2012. Uh, this was emblematic of the work that Isobar was doing at the time. Uh, it was very creatively led. It was very much fire and die. I, I call that work the work that stays in market for maybe three to six weeks. It's very campaign oriented. It, it can be great work and have some great business success, uh, but it's very much a, about the big idea uh, rather than uh, really where we've got to now, which is it's about the impacts and it's about the long-term sustainable transformation we, that we can have uh, for our clients. And, yeah, it's, it's a lovely little diagram there, you know, kind of service designing, but I really don't want you to get caught up in that um, because it's not about the tool, the technique, or the image, or the fact that it's service designing. It's if you look from this moment to that moment, there's one question you have to ask yourself is, what was the fundamental change in the belief system within the business that encouraged and enabled that transformation? Right, that's a fundamental change. So talking about belief systems, uh, you know, we're now 350 strong, lots and lots of different disciplines working on a vast array of different approaches. So the most important thing uh, that really sort of get us, got us going was around creating, uh, you know, a shared and inspired uh, belief system. A lot of the time we look at our teams when we talk about designing UXs or um, being a design leader within our silo. Uh, but when you're really looking to create transformational change, you're really looking to establish a belief system that sort of crosses all of those different teams, those business models. And it's important to create a shared belief system because when you do that, beliefs are what encourage people to create the future for themselves. They want to do it. They've bought into it. And they'll use lots of different practices to make it happen. So you're not mandating it. You're encouraging it. Uh, Another thing about creating belief is you've got to back it up. You've got to, you've got to you know, engender trust um, and, and, and uh, I guess give people a little bit of milestone. So after we joined, after about the first month, we created a bit of a roadmap of what the next three years would look like. And the way we described that was both in terms of maturity model, but each of the, the elements of that was covered from a cultural perspective, from an organizational perspective, from a skills perspective of where will you be in six months' time? Where will our team be in six months' time? And at what point do we stop thinking about our team and we start thinking about a business? And how do we really then start thinking about the business as being experience-led rather than a group of individuals who have finally made it, who have finally got some power within the business? It's actually federated out. Uh, we hit that. We hit that at just about every uh, moment in terms of how we felt and the business felt about us, um, which was fantastic. Right? Uh, another thing is you, you've got to walk the walk, so show me, don't tell me. Uh, a lot of new design managers or design leaders will come in with a little bit of a, a, a saviour sort of complex and say, this is how we need to do it. I want you to work in this way. Here's our processes. Here's the double diamond. Here's some design studio. These are the techniques we've got to apply. Uh, you know, it's really important as a new design leader, if you're looking to create this transformation, to roll up your sleeves and really get out there. Uh, I think one of the things that killed me but really helped us along the way was that I was on the road four to five days a week uh, working directly with our clients and I would bring my teams. And I call it porpoising. Um, it's kind of a nice little term, but I'll do it visually because that's almost like my dance. Um, so the first one is when you get a new client or you're looking to create a change, you dive into that client and you go down really, really deep and you, and you show the business or you show the teams around you how a better way of working can actually create success. But then you start to rise and you start to promote that work and you start to spend more time sharing it and a little bit less with the client and you bring your teams underneath you to shadow. But the next opportunity, you dive back down again. You go halfway down, you bring more people in and you keep popping up. So it's embedding within promoting inside, promoting outside, and moving forward. And that little porpoising act is really deep at start, 
when you're working with new teams and new clients uh, and building up your business. But over time, where I kind of see myself now is it's kind of really along just the top and sometimes maybe just floating, <laughs> not doing too much. Um, so I'll hand over to Nathan, who's really been kind of evolving our, our practice from those days. So, um, in, you know, I think on the last slide, even just to start with, that, that, um, that ability to, you know, spend more time doing, doing the work is, is becoming harder because we're, we've, I think Rod's done an amazing job at creating the Play-Doh, if you like, <laughs> and now, now I'm kind of helping shape it into, into something. But, you know, with, with our influence getting, you know, in, with design and getting more and more beyond our team and embedded into the organisation... It means that we're involved in, as leaders in scoping, in managing, in estimating, in shepherding opportunities and projects all the way through, which takes a lot of effort. And so I think it's a, it's a big challenge on, a, on the design leaders to, to make sure they're still on, uh, on the work uh, and continue to do so. But um, now, now we're kind of getting into the point where uh, we're creating a common language in, in the business. Um, and this is... This is so crucial. Uh, it's it's about aligning a, a creative legacy, you know, from from Isobar. Um, you know, so there's some brilliant thinkers, and with that comes some very strong personalities as well. Um, but but trying to define what's our common way of working and externalising it uh, and getting it out on the table and talking about that thing rather than um, uh, you know you know ideas and, and you know um, ha- having that sort of spa. So, so, so we've gone about kind of, um, you know, just putting that down and um, uh, running boot camps uh, and prototyping this new way of working uh, across a whole bunch of different projects. Um, and there hasn't been big fanfare about this. I think we've just gone about piloting it and just iterating and trialling it. And it's just become a, a bit of a way of working in, within a, a couple of months, I think. Yeah, and, and on the common language, I mean, what I'm... I'm really thankful for where Nathan's got us to and, and got the, some of the guys, the directors over there on the side, they've been really pushing it, is we've managed to get the human-centred design process to run throughout the entire company. We've upskilled all the delivery team and the PM teams and the creative teams and the developers on how we work. So whether we're running a campaign or running a platform or we're doing a service design gig, um, it all runs through a HCD methodology, which is you know, uh, pretty unique for a, for a large agency. Right. So... Um yeah, <laughs> so that's that's kind of what the team looks like after <laughs> after rolling this out. But it, but um, you know, really uh, key key relationships, you know, with the different competencies, and especially with the you know right up to the CEO level is is absolutely crucial. Um, and even down to giving giving others a simple narrative to be able to to use and 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 talk on your behalf. Is, is really what we've been focused on the last few months um, because we are actually all in it together and um, we do kind of get beat up together as well if things don't, <laughs> don't quite work out on projects. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so simple things like literally um, uh, you know, being involved in, um, in every kind of scoping workshop where you can or sitting with the different heads of competencies and, um, and using every chance to, to share and, and, and educate and coach. So, um, so just some nuggets and takeaways. You could probably take a, a photo of this. We'll, we'll share this later. But um, yeah, as Rod said, creating a, a shared a shared belief is absolutely critical. A long term roadmap, um, uh, doing the work uh, and and showing what good is, and then then letting teams run. Um, dreading, uh, you know, 
essentially creating a common language and building those strong relationships is totally key. So leadership. Uh, this is our next pillar, really talking about leadership, design leadership, but more in general, just leadership. Uh, so uh, one of the things um, that we've sort of found is it's incredibly important to lead with the heart, uh, not with knowledge. And this is going to pop up again with when we talk about people, people who can make the journey and people who, who drop off. Uh, often um, you'll find that new design leaders or, or many existing design leaders will, will talk about the skills and the processes that you need to bring into the, the business. But as I sort of indicated before uh, about how you create that shared belief, you've really got to lead with the heart and, and the empathy and the connections that you need to make that encourages other people to want to change, want to adapt and want to get invested with what it is that you're trying uh, to achieve. So often I'll advocate sort of throwing out the book, don't worry about the exact way of doing design studio. I don't really give a damn if you're doing the Google Ventures design sprint or you're doing the IDEO design sprint. It's what are you actually trying to achieve here? How are you actually uh, getting better connections, not just with the end user through the process, but how are you actually communicating and working with people from different disciplines who might not have your knowledge, but who can buy into your view and your beliefs as to why you're trying to do this work. Uh, an another thing is, um, don't be a stage parent, uh, we really find. Uh, a lot of people will come in and they'll finally get to a management role and they've been frustrated their entire career at the fact that projects don't have the contextual inquiries, uh, they're not doing the service design, and they're not doing experience maps on everything that they do. Don't try and live your life and we've found this through people who have come into the business and left the business, try, try and live your life through the lives of your children or through your team, right? Allow them to play, allow them to experiment, allow them to take your absolutely beautiful methodology that you've crafted and you've, you know, you've wrapped up in cotton wool and bust it and bastardize it and embrace it uh, and see where they can take you because often that experimentation will unveil new ways of thinking and new possibilities that you hadn't considered yourself and take you in really good, unexpected uh, directions. <laughs> and now we're, um, we're kind of at a point, and, and you know, especially, um, especially recently, we've got, when we've scaled up to about 22 experienced designers mm. in, in Melbourne, that's getting to be a big team. And, and it's, it's really a, um, a culture where it's, it's gone to, you know, um, really just permission. It's do what you think is right. Um, we're here to, to support... Um, and, and some of the ways we've done that is we've put in simple structures and some of them have been talked about, like design buddies who are outside of the, the performance management relationship. Um, similar to families, we've, we've got up to, up to four in each family um, uh, where um, you know, uh, they're actually competency aligned. So if they want to lean more to more of the strategic design uh, uh, level, then, then we'll align them with a leader who can help them in that, in that journey. Um, and our, our job, I think, is to, is to amplify others. It's, it's much more about um, uh, uh, you know, it's, you know, allowing the team to um, uh, share their work, but then, but then kind of shout it from the rafters and put their work up right up to... So uh, the, there's a global um, uh, ISOBAR conference right now, and um, most of the work that's been showcased is, is a lot of it's from our team. Mm. Um, uh, and, and that's because we've packaged it into a simple narrative for our CEO to talk about. Um, and this is the tricky part because now we're getting into more of a... We're trying to move into more of a distributed model where 
um, we've successfully established experience design as a um, as as a team, uh, and the methodology works beyond us. Um, uh, but now we can leverage, I think, the best of of Isobar because there are fantastically smart people in creative, in strategy, uh, in delivery, uh, uh, in and devs as well. Um, uh, so how can we, um, you know, leverage those skills and do things like service design, but working right through to a, you know a common method and in small teams. Uh, and this is this is probably the one of the really hard ones um, because um, now we've set up some structures and frameworks. We're, we're in that process of of, of letting go of um, you know of of saying, look, well, here's here's how you might do things. Here's the playbook, um, and just playing that role of just stepping back and, as Rod said, allowing allowing some teams to 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 fail or to to really miss the mark or or come close, but then be there to kind of reflect. Uh, and support where, where, where you kind of need to. So it, it really needs to be done. People, you know, the teams are, and the teams are really enjoying that because our discipline um, is really evolving all the time, uh, and we're trying to define what it means in an agency like ours as well. It's it's a bit of a hybrid, and that's quite powerful. Yeah, and and when you do let go, it's extremely powerful. On, on Saturday, so we're flying back down to Melbourne again tonight. We're running an all-day session with with Monash Health. Uh, it's an all-day design jam, which, which is looking to solve some problems around um, across various areas of people with lived experiences. That's that's how we talk about um, patient care these days, and, and you know, it's a, it's a great way of talking about it. Just to be clear, and and the the uh, design on it, Cara gave me a call yesterday and was running over the agenda. Storyboarding, or should we do journeys? So should we be doing Lego series play? I mean, how do we really pull this together? And and it was this is sounding great. You're sounding excited. This is going to be fantastic. Just you know, tell me why you're doing it that way, and, and being inquisitive and empowering them, and not standing there going, you know what? Because it's very tempting if you've done it before to go. Mm, actually, you've got a short amount of time. You've got a couple of different people with lived experiences, so you might end up having a couple of different journeys in a group of six. So you've got to consolidate that all in that 30 minute part. Just do this. No. Don't do that. Ask some questions and empower and let go. So just to replay, so lead with the heart. You've got to give permission. Um, uh, amplify those around you. Um, you know, find out how you're going to form, scale and, and embed your methodologies um, and yeah, really build those strong relationships. So as I said uh, a little bit earlier, uh, in terms of our journey... Um, We've had some amazing people and I've been very thankful for everyone who's been part of our business and, and really grown our practice and changed our culture. But not everyone has made it. Not everyone is going to make it and, and do the entire journey with you. So who are the sort of people who we tend to find um, stick? There we go. Uh, it's, it's those who abandon dogma. Uh, you, you, you may, this may resonate with some of you if, if you're hiring managers, you find some really fantastic skilled people, great CVs, they come in, they nail it. It might be for an initial contract, so you're really wanting just to kill it rather than a permanent hire, but they always flip to permanent hires. Uh, and, and you'll find that they'll go very, very hard with their particular mindset about how things have to get done. Um, but things evolve. Our practices change. You know, we're all talking about design sprints these days, but we weren't really 12 months ago. Um, we need to adapt, and the, the dogmatic people don't adapt, and it's, and it's really kind of painful to watch because they're highly skilled um, 
but they can get stuck in a rut and they, they won't go on the journey with you, either because they leave by themselves or they find a place that's more uh, aligned to the current way of thinking. So um, we need to find people who are really malleable, uh, that are curious, who are excited, who are passionate. If you can find that look in somebody's eye when you're hiring them, that they've got that look of curiosity about them, uh, they're going to be the ones who are going to adapt and evolve over time just as much as you need to adapt and evolve as a business. Yeah, and that's not to say you create, you know, like a, a bastard child when, you know, you, you merge to, you know, or you stray too far from, from, yeah. from design, but those, yeah. those explorers are absolutely key. And that's what we look for. Um, and really now we're, we're at a point where we've we'd focused on nurturing, um, uh, you know, a, a great curiosity in, in all of our team. Um, uh, but, but just, it, and, and this is the tricky part, it's finding the, just the right balance of structure um, and because we don't, you know, and the, especially that last presentation just really nailed it. It's about maybe separating goals and performance. Um, it's about um, setting the right amount of, you know, kind of out of work um, social activities. It's about, um, you know, the right amount of investment in uh, in education and training. And we're we're experimenting with a lot of that. Um, uh, so so that that's really our focus. And how do we nurture? Um, you know, a, a team that wants to explore and define a practice that's, that's bigger than themselves. Yeah. And we don't always get it right. Like my team was shaking their head at me before because we do do the check the box on the goal setting currently. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> we've got a bit of stick over that. Um, and, and I guess the, the, the last point uh, in terms of working with the teams is don't pontificate. Um, it's very easy to create a vision and to share that vision, but your job as a design leader for your people is not to instill in them your vision. It's to encourage them to and invite them to participate and engage and co-create that vision with you because I think if you look at why people leave a business, it's you know typically one of two major reasons. One is it because of your boss, right? <laughs> so you try and avoid that one. But the other one is legacy. People want ultimately to leave a legacy. So if you can invite them into that process and create that vision with you, then it's their legacy, it's a joint legacy that you're trying to create and, and leave. But if you're pontificating, you're asking people to follow you rather than stand beside you, which is a big difference. Um, so abandon dogma, uh, nurture the talent, don't pontificate. Please don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't pontificate. Um, so uh, that's... We've hopefully left a bunch of time because we have done a lot of things. We've got a, um, a lot of lessons learned. We've failed uh, as much as we've succeeded. So please fire up some questions about specific things that we uh, may have done. And I've just finished with one of my favourite uh, sentences or, or phrases on leadership, which is, leadership isn't about guiding people out of the jungle. It's about climbing the nearest tree and saying, wrong jungle. Um, so thank you very much, guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Managing Design 2016. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.